0: Welcome to the second installation of the Big Muse Podcast. Now we're up and running. I'm just going to be ultra languorous, um, majorly verbose, just too much stuff to say. So thinking about uh, today's topic, which I'll frame as conceiving an idea, you know, putting into your mind all the positive aspects of of this idea, and assuming that the idea is is a good one and a moral one. You could say the same thing for people who are plotting major terrorist activities. They're taking an idea and making it real and looking at all the positive sides of it, at least from their perspective. Um, I'm not really thinking about that. I'm not thinking about causing mayhem or destruction, any kind of bloodshed. I'm thinking about things that are very you know from all practical views very positive so there's a friend of mine i met him he's an israeli guy named avi and he's very very successful and he's a very bright guy i met him sort of serendipitously a house in our neighborhood was being built as probably about 10 years ago and uh I, I looked at the house, it looked like a pretty good house going up in the neighborhood, like an English Tudor something, and for some reason we got his mail, not once, but three times, and this is why it's serendipitous. I have no idea why we got their mail. We, our addresses bear no similarities. We live nowhere in proximity you know, to this guy. It's kind of like you have to take a bunch of curves and go around the block, Nonetheless, we kept bringing in the mail and finally when they moved into their house, I, you know, I already felt I knew them because I delivered their mail so many times. Now this guy, Avi, has become a good friend of mine and he has something that he always says and up until somewhat recently, I always thought he just said it just sort of like a glib kind of friendly thing that somebody says. So if somebody's late to something, it got held back in traffic, he goes, Peter, look, it's it's for the best, it's it's the best. It's not okay, it's the best that it worked out this way. Or if it, it starts to rain and your your plans had been rained out and you, know, you could be really upset, Avi would say, not only is it okay, we can deal with it, it's for the best, it's the best possible thing that's happened. And as I said, I didn't really consider this to hold much merit. It was a nice thing. I mean, it sounds, you know, it sounds kind of like a platitude. But I started thinking more and more about it. And I started thinking about the way that that Avi has been able to take his idea uh, and many of his ideas and plant them so successfully in the real world and, and create a monumental business it's a real estate concern and I started to take it a little bit more seriously I I and I talked to Avi one day about I said you really believe this don't you that when things don't happen as planned that it's not only okay you know we'll deal with it we'll not get upset that's stage one and that's also takes some people a lot of work to get there but you take it a step further you say it's the best possible Thing, and he goes, I I do, and I and I really believe that, and I and I think I. He said I've trained my mind. I don't remember how many years ago he started really training his mind to consider that whatever outcome happens is the best. And and in some ways, I mean, it's a it's it's a theological idea. There's there's an idea in Judaism where they talk a lot about idolatry. It's certainly, it's in the Ten Commandments, you know, don't serve idols. And what does that mean? You know, we're, the first thing you might think of is some stone statue of Baal Peor, or one of these ancient uh, literal stone idols. Of course, it means that, but nobody's praying to idols that I know. Certainly, people make idols out of fame and fortune, you, you you revere and you live your life according to this idea of acquiring things. That certainly becomes an idol as well. But even at a more subtle level, when things don't work out the way that you want them to and you become upset from a Jewish point of view, that's a form and a very common form of idol worship. In other words, you and your hubris deign that the circumstances should be a certain way and they're not and then you get angry as though your idea took primacy over you know the creator of the universe or however you would characterize that that your opinion about how things should turn out is somehow a reality and when in fact it's not it's just something in your mind so I started thinking about ways to train myself to actually believe and understand that yes, and understand that I know that considering an unpleasant outcome as not only okay, but the best is very aspirational. And just so you know, it's well out of my grasp. And that's why I say I aspire towards something like this. It's not, It's not something I've got licked by any means, but I love the idea. And I do think it's truthful. How do you begin the process of making this part of your life saying whatever happens is the best. You don't start, God forbid, with tragic things that strike us. Um, That is not the place to start. And I didn't want to have to go there because there's so many tragic things that can happen, uh, I mean, just citing things from my own life, my sister was killed in a car crash about 12 years ago. That is something I didn't even want to wrestle with. Now, I can't deal with that, nor do I think on any sort of rational level that, yes, that was the best, that is the best outcome. I didn't even want to go there. So well, let's not begin with things of a tragic nature, Let's talk about a long line at at a grocery store. You get to that line and you see the line and it's very long. Maybe if you live in New York, my children live there and I, I sometimes go to like wherever they shop at Trader Joe's. The line is literally for green peppers and whatever else they're buying. It could stretch around the block. Now that's a good place to sort of, Practice this because the stakes are low. You're going to have a weight, that's all. You're not going to suffer any actual pain. But so many of us, myself included, we literally start our blood pressure rises. We start getting angry. We start, you know, unleashing some sort of, I don't know, toxic adrenaline levels in our bloodstream because. We, we view this as somehow an affront to our plans and we start getting red and we start getting impatient and we start getting short with people. For me, this is a perfect place to apply Avi's sort of mantra. It's, it's not only okay, it's for the best. You say to yourself, this is the way it is and maybe you'll meet somebody in line. Maybe you can exercise this idea. Practice it by being extremely nice to somebody in front of you. Maybe strike up a conversation, maybe not. Maybe this will give you a chance to think about things. How you might buy something, uh, you know, some newspaper or magazine and those last-minute purchases that you might make for somebody and cheer somebody up when you get home. How can you not allow this? To change your mood and if you're successful at it which is not difficult to do all you have to do it is is bear it in mind i am going to take what they call metacognition i'm going to step back and see myself think and i can see myself thinking and as soon as i see myself getting angry i kind of stand back and watch myself as soon as i see myself getting angry it's easy to say hey peter Don't do that. It's actually stupid. But if you can't see yourself, if you're mired in the energy and the negative energy that comes when you're all angry about something as stupid as a long line at a grocery store, then you will fall prey to all this negativity, all this literally physiological changes that arise in your body. And you'll start bringing that to yourself. And God forbid it could cause, you know, certain illnesses, it can lower your immune system, it becomes an actual stress, a physiological and a mental stress, which is, you know, clearly shown to reduce one's ability to fight disease. But you bring that negativity to whomever it is that you see next. So being mindful of yourself, you can catch yourself in that moment, I'm getting angry. Hey, I'm not going to be angry. You make a switch, you get about... I think you get about a 16th of a second, which is plenty of time. You know, anyone that plays music knows a 16th of a second is it's a workable time for a note. It's certainly a workable time to catch yourself. And as an exercise, you say, hmm, not only is this not bad, it's the best. And you'll find yourself in an actually a good mood because you've succeeded at not falling prey to that negativity you've sort of contradicted your natural tendency to fall prey to that negativity. And you've sort of, you've taken charge. You've taken volition, which is, a, is like a nice accomplishment in itself. And all this takes place in a line while you're buying your green peppers. Nobody even knows it's taking place. If you do this, and, and I'm using this, you know, shopping line thing only as an example. You can do it anytime. You're in traffic Oh, this sucks! Oh, I'm gonna be late. This fucking sucks. I, yeah, or hmm, I'm in traffic. Oh my God! Look over to the west. The sun is setting. It's actually quite beautiful. And there's a bird. Look at architecture. Put on some music. I know this sounds like somewhat trite and like, yes, yes, it's a feel-good method. I, I don't. I'm not looking at it like that. I'm looking at it as something almost subversive you're subverting not only your natural tendency my natural tendency to fall prey to negativity but there's a societal tendency towards negativity towards fear and when you're fearful when you're negative you're more susceptible to advertising which is offering you things to cheer you up. And what are the things that advertisers offer you to cheer you up? They offer you stuff, a new pair of shoes, a new car. You're consuming things. You're you're using material things in an effort to change your mind and an effort to make you more positive. But in fact, science has proven our own historical precedent, our experience has shown us that things have a very short window of giving us, and I won't say they give us joy because they never do, they give us momentary stimulation, momentary pleasure. If you can do this without purchasing anything, simply changing your mind at, in a line at a grocery store, Think how many times you can start to apply this, and things may become more complex. You might find that uh, some thing you're trying to do in your job, the, the rejection you face, let's say, as a creative person, you're bringing something into the world, a piece of music in my case, somebody doesn't like it, you didn't get the job, somebody else got it. Those things are a little bit more difficult, of course, to deal with than being in a long line at a grocery store. But still the same principles apply. How can I resist the temptation to fall in this negativity? You do this. Very simple. I'll state it again. You utilize the concept of metacognition. It's a very big word for simply stepping back. You don't physically step back, although you know, it doesn't preclude, prec- include you doing so. You sort of step back and you see yourself thinking. You see yourself getting angry. If you can do that, you'll see your. you almost laugh at yourself. Why are, Why, Peter, are you getting angry? Somebody else got the gig. Good for them. You're destined to do something else. It worked out the best. And you start applying this idea to everything in your life. Conversations where people say things that were unexpected, perhaps things that, you know, are required of you to change your behavior. Start looking at everything around you as I'm doing, you know, like I'm not saying I got this lick. Let's just do this together. Let's create a whole revolution where we're looking at the world as my friend Avi does, where every moment is affording us an opportunity to change what the immediacy of our negative impressions to something positive. Not just that we acquiesce to it, we'll go along with it, but it's actually the best. And I think it's an amazing way to be doing this, like practicing anything, whether it's music or sports, even conversation or writing, it's all practice. And the more you practice, the more difficult tasks you can take on the faster you can run the more uh, improvisations you can make on your instrument the the deeper you can become creatively you can do this where even problems that are very challenging can either become clear in our minds as how they are the best or at least we'll be able to cope with them Way better than we could have imagined, let's say, six months or a year before we started this type of practice. So I'm going to really make a point of doing this. And and I'd ask you to go along on this ride with me, too. Just do it as a game at first. Things that would piss you off. You know, I stepped in gum. Is that going to actually make you angry? Or are you just going to say, hmm, it's... It's for the best. And you take a stick and get rid of the gum on your shoe. Whatever it is that you're going through. That's all I have to say today. I'm drinking a glass of water. Um, About six months ago, I had a vocal surgery. I was singing and talking too much. So I'm very aware of when I'm doing that. My throat is getting dry. I'm drinking this water. I enjoin you. I entreat you to look at... Everything is the best. Practice on little things. Prepare for the, for the big things. And may you deepen your creativity and have blessings for great, great abundance.